This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hi there, you're listening to a special Sundance slash Slamdance edition of the Next Best Picture Podcast. I'm your host, Will Mavity, and with me today, I have Becca Richin. Hello, good to be here. We also have with us the director and the cast of the Slamdance hit, Funny Story. Everybody introduce yourselves. <laughs> you go, Emily. Yes, I, I am Emily Bett-Ricards. I play Kim in our film Funny Story here. And I'm Matthew Glave, and I play Walter in our film here. And I'm Jana Winternitz, and I play Nick in Funny Story. And I'm Michael Gallagher, I'm director of Funny Story. And for those of you who uh, can't see us, Michael just walked in the room, so welcome. Uh, welcome. That's really weird for people watching because it just started. Down there. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> All right. So this was a fantastic film. We both enjoyed watching mm-hmm. it. Um, I have to ask, I mean, the first question for you is, Michael, where did this come from? You've got, you've got a background in horror films. <laughs> I mean, how did this come about in your mind? Good question. Well, you know, Steve Green and I, uh, you know, we have very twisted minds, I guess. And uh, we had been working in genre space and, like, doing all kinds of different things. We love all stories. But uh, we hadn't really done things that were kind of drawn from our lives and like people from our lives. Like we'd kind of just been making everything up. So we wanted to really ground it and and bring it there. So I think it's just a lot of the kind of awkward family (laughs) experiences that we've had. Not necessarily, it's not autobiographical in that sense, but the feelings of the people are inspired by real people. Interesting. Yeah, I, I when we were watching, we were like, whoa, like, you know, a lot of this dialogue, like, seemed really authentic, and we could, you know, relate to it a lot, and then, uh, yeah, uh, we were like, oh my gosh, if this is pulled from real life, this scenario, <laughs> that will be nuts. So, my next one has to be for you, of course. Um, where on earth did you come with your character? It feels like a love child of William Shatner and George Clooney. Wow. Wow. So, look at that. I, actually, I have to say, I thought it was George Clooney when you were on the screen at first. I was like, there's no way. I don't know what to say. Um, uh, Here's better half. Well, I... I I wanted to play. Wait, I'm married to George Clooney. This is a, just a little side note. That was my better half, just behind the camera. Uh, Not George Clooney. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's funny. I that I wasn't necessarily trying to um, channel George Clooney and who else? And Shatner. William, William Shatner. William Shatner. I was. Uh, how do you deal with that? <laughs> I was thinking more along the lines of like Don Rickles and Carol Channing. <laughs> but the, that might not even catch with the younger crowd. But um, the, we did talk about the Shatner song, though. 
The Shatner song. Mm-hmm. The Shatner yeah. song. Please sing um, it. Can you sing the Shatner song? Uh, no, the Shatner song. Who does he do it with? It's about his daughter. The daughter. The oh, 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 there is, there is a William there Shatner, Shatner song. Connection. And I, and unfortunately, knowing like we're talking right off the bat, I don't know the name of it, but he has this song that he sort of, uh, and I don't know why I'm blanking on the band that he plays, that plays with him, but he, he tells the story about meeting his daughter and he goes, hey, it's been a while. Uh, here we've been living, we've been living only about six miles apart for the better part of 12 years and he's never seen his daughter, but they live only like Mm. a couple of miles Mm -hmm. apart. And it's this whole talking song about, you know, um, so who are you dating now? And he's like, oh, it doesn't really matter. I don't want to, you know, and and it's it's a horribly sad song. I sent it to you, didn't Mm -hmm. I? Yeah, yeah. Um, but so that wasn't necessarily my my, uh, inspiration. (laughs) I didn't want to be the great William Shatner, um, even though I sent him a letter when I was in third grade. <gasps> oh, my what God. What did your letter say? I, 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 clearly, oh, I tapped yeah. into a I, I want, I he was my, him. everyone was writing a letter to President Nixon, and I, I sent a letter to oh, William Shatner. Shatner. <laughs> yeah, President Shatner, because of Star Trek. Um, he never responded. You can call, um, call him Bill. William so Shatner, well. if you're listening right now, you dropped the ball. This is uh, this is a travesty. But oh. it's not too late to respond. Yeah. No, Send that boy the letter. Late. So... I guess that brings me. How did you decide to have a centaur, like Hercules style Battlestar Galactica combination? Tell me yeah, about the creation. Yes. Of, I mean, we just love camp. We love camp. We can't get enough of it. And yeah, I think the like growing up, like that's the stuff like that was on. You know, you'd come home from school, and you know, what do you want to watch? It's like. Soap opera, boring, you know, the news, boring. Ooh, like <laughs> centaurs and aliens and lizard women and like, what is happening? I don't know, but I'm watching a four-hour block and now I haven't done my homework and I'm failing school. So, <laughs> but, that's, but that was like, you know, like, uh, yeah, what, what was it? The Adventures of Hercules and Xena Warrior Princess and, and all those fun Disappointed. things. Disappointed! <laughs> Right? Yeah, yeah. We we tried to get Matt to scream disappointed, but uh, oh. he, he had it in his contract. He uh, he couldn't. He wouldn't do that. That's disappointing. I wasn't going to step on anybody else's toes. <laughs> Matt doesn't scream. That's it. <laughs> no, very very leveled. Yeah. yeah, we have our own sort of uh, disappointed, which is his call. The call of Fagin's breath, which is. <laughs> can you do the call of Fagin's breath? <laughs> I don't know if I can do that. Yes. Oh, you, you can. can't see it, but can they can imagine. It. It's, just, um, it's just for audience. It is. It is. Um, Fagon! <laughs> and then we would echo it out and post, and then a dragon would come and destroy the bad guys. God, it feels good to hear that again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's been a couple months, and I feel lit up from that. Yeah, yeah, Happy that morning. Was pretty fantastic. Oh, I do. It's so, so safe in here. <laughs> I feel like we're leaving the two ladies in the room out a little bit. So, <clears throat> Cheers. <laughs> I guess I'll start with each of you. Tell us a little bit about prepping for your character. You both had very emotionally complex characters. And, I mean, you, you had to carry a lot of the emotional weight of the story on your shoulders. So, tell me a little bit about what you did to get into character. I'll tell you, I think, I, I, what was our first day? Was it was when shooting? Matt shows up. It was the meeting. It was literally yes. like, yeah. The reveal. The reveal. The <laughs> secret reveal. It was all our first day. That was yeah. our, it was all our first day, which was quite magical. I think with this, I Kim has. I'm not. I'm. I mean, this is this is more me. This like a like almost like this weird anxiety and like she's always uncomfortable. And I for some reason, 
I'm not like that in my real life. And then I was just so easily able to feel uncomfortable for like <laughs> three weeks. Like I was just like, she's uncomfortable. I guess I'll be uncomfortable. We, um, we did like a little bit of hair change, which always helps me just cause when you look in the mirror, you, you look a little different. And, um, sometimes when you just step into like wardrobe and that sort of thing. And, and I don't know, it was, I listened to different types of music on the ride up. We were always driving somewhere that was like a little bit further of a distance, which is, you know, you kind of turn your phone off and you're just like, Zen in, get there, and we had such a beautiful crew and a beautiful team, and then, you know, you just step into sort of this self-destructive inside woman of a bomb. Like, she's completely attacking herself 85 to 95% of the time. Did you ever know what the letter from the mother said, or did you just kind of create something for yourself? Um, There was actually writing on the letter, and it's like, it's a blackout for me, to be honest, but I... I remember reading it once. I didn't want to read it until we did our first take. And then I read it on our first take and I was like, just really sad. <laughs> and then I was like, I won't read this unless we're shooting because I didn't want to like desaturize. So those tears were very authentic there at the end. Like, it was all, you know, it was also like our last day. It was our last day of shooting. So there's kind of all this like goodbyes. We are always in this day of goodbyes, the day of like, you know, last drive, road trip movies. I always find have that sort of um, feeling anyways, because you're going through a huge transition. Um, and they're about, you know, driving to the next point or moving through your life in a way. And we were just sort of in this day of goodbyes. And it was foggy and, like, kind of just this weird, mellowed um, sadness and acceptance at the same time that day. It was a long time ago to tap back into the... Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, cutting it, like... So what about on your end? Tell us a little bit about developing your character. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, the usual stuff of just breaking apart the script and going over it. Um, and then I also actually, um, I did a big hair change. I chopped off all my hair. <laughs> oh, you actually got a cut for the role. I did, yes. Um, yeah, and wardrobe, everything, all the physical attributes just help kind of settle you in. Um, and music is a big one for me as well, just kind of to get in the headspace. And then I think you do all the prep and then you show up on set. You work with great people and, you know, you, you're in the moment and you kind of work off. Like Emily and I really, we had met once before, or well, a couple times before, but once over coffee about the yeah. project and then we hadn't really chatted. Um, so, so funny because like, that was before we started shooting too. So we're I know. both in a different mind space exactly. and we're having these great conversations about this wonderful script. <laughs> get yeah. to shooting and it's like you take on the character and you're sort of like all right okay yeah i'm a different person now yeah. but i remember like when you you know day one even we just like went off and like talked for like mm-hmm. hours about like <laughs> and another yeah. interesting thing about um jana is uh aside from uh her role in the movie she's also producing the movie so here it is it's an independent film yes so she's sitting here in wardrobe half the time if she's not shooting <laughs> uh writing checks to the crew and, <laughs> and doing you know, doing scheduling. And so oh she can, and watching her shift from like, you know, the office right into there to doing these scenes is fantastic to watch. That's incredible. Different parts of the brain. <laughs> okay, so we're, we're obviously talking about, you know, we have two, we have two very strong women here, clearly. We have a producer here. And this is a film that chose to tackle LGBTQ issues. So I was curious, uh, what were you hoping to add to the LGBTQ conversation with this film? What would you like people to take away from it? I think I just wanted to, to, you know, be authentic and, and to, to just treat it with love. And just the whole story is really about love. Like, that's mm-hmm. what it is. And it's about people trying to find it and, and you know, people who are afraid of it. And, um, you know, there's so many people in my life that have meant so much to me that, that are part of that community and people in my family. And so I think I just wanted to, 
have a respectful story that represented them in just like a very, you know, direct way. Um, you know, and we didn't want to make that the centerpiece of the movie either. Like we didn't want to make it necessarily about that. It was really about these these people that are going through something. Um, and so yeah, I think it's it was it was great. I mean, the, the whole cast was. Um, I thought we had a great ensemble. There was just a it was just a great energy every day. Like, Amazing group of women. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, not included. So what about the music choices there? I, when we got a off-key version of House of the Rising Sun, I was like, okay, I'm on board with this film. <laughs> so how did you choose some of these songs in there? Uh, well, music, <laughs> I think these kind of movies, uh, you know, these like kind of indie road trip movies, like the, the music and the soundtrack, like they really just help bring you into the environment. And so, yeah, we, you know, there's some, you know, like we have Love and Spoonful song in there that opens the movie. And, you know, that's that's a band that just like, I think, kind of helps embody that sort of like 60s, you know, California um, road trip vibe that we wanted to set. And um, and then we also had a, a song by Childish Gambino, uh, Redbone, in there for the party scene, which I think, especially along, among uh, millennials, has become like a, it's like the hip, cool, like party yeah. song. The summer I, anthem. <laughs> and so I think to juxtapose, you know, Walter, who's this, you know, guy in his 50s, and he's like with all these, these, young women who are like partying and doing all this he's such a fish out of water and i think it's just so funny to to see this you know uh you know straight white male amongst all these like great like powerful women and he's just like he is the odd one out and he is the weakest link and it's well, he's 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 that's tr- your he's, interpretation <laughs> that's my interpretation um but no it was uh it was a blast now and music and then our our composer brandon campbell um did an original score for the movie as well and um yeah, he just uh, we had we had a lot of influence in like uh, ukulele and Hawaiian styles because there's like a theme of going to Hawaii. Yeah. Hawaii being a place that like solves all your problems. It's like mm-hmm. an oasis. That credit song. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. That's, that's very fitting. When, yeah. when the ukuleles come into the yeah. end credits, that was that was a high point of the film. Uh, <laughs> Would you like to ask him a couple questions? Um. Yeah. So I I really liked how you guys broke the film into three title cards and kind of, you know, broke it up that way. What was the thought process behind doing that? Well, the movie's really just about, you know, three people. Um, it's about Walter, it's about Kim, and it's about Nick. And so it, it just sort of naturally made sense that, you know, when you introduce each character and start following them, that they have that title card that just sort of sets the viewer up saying like, okay, this is this person's perspective and we're with them now. Um, and then, and what's interesting about it is, is you know, uh, Jana's character, Nick, doesn't show up for until like kind of the end of the first act, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a big way. Like we see her a little bit on the phone, but we're not really like fully knowing what's going on with her. So it was fun to kind of like unravel the mystery of these people and how they're connected and um, what's going on with them. So it, I think it helps to sort of set the viewer up for uh, all the, the hilarious tragedy that comes uh, yeah. <laughs> later in the movie. Yeah. I always love it because, you know, you start a movie and you think you know who the main character is and you're like, this is who I'm going to follow. I'm going to really attach myself to this person, really care what happens to them. And then, whoa, all of a sudden, now it's Kimberly. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, tell us a little bit about designing this little escape lodge. Uh, Does this place exist or is this you and your team put together? Because I kind of want to go there now. It's a real place. It's, um, we, you know, the movie takes place in Big Sur, but, uh, you know, for logistics and you know, production reasons, we actually ended up shooting in Topanga Canyon. Mm-hmm. Um, and we found this amazing spot that actually had never been filmed in before. 
Uh, we found it on Airbnb, and it was uh, it's like this oasis in the woods, and it was it's all handcrafted. Um, the homeowners like you know uh, worked in steel. They have all these like steel like architecture alongside. Exquisite, and she really didn't want us to film there, and so it was like months of coaxing and bribing, and you know we were just obsessed with it. We found it online. We we're like obsessed with this place. Has she seen it? Just to interrupt. She's seen bits, and so <laughs> she was actually really happy with the shoot. She she said yeah. we're welcome back anytime, so we didn't you know, destroy it. The whole cast we wanted to yeah. stay there after that. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you, 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 you gotta go there. It's on, it's on Airbnb. The TV is real too. There's a TV there. Oh my god, was there? Oh my god. In the original script, we didn't have a teepee. We found this place. We wrote the teepee in the script. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. the backdrop. Yeah, as you mentioned in the film. <laughs> okay, so um, you found this. Obviously, that saved a bit on production design. But tell us, you know, uh, Slamdance is the home of indie films, small films. How did you guys get such impeccable production value? Because this looks like a multi-million dollar movie. I mean... Tell us a little bit about running with this production and making a low-budget picture that looks so good. Well, you know, we're so blessed to have such an amazing team. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, you know, we have a company called Cinemand, and uh, we've been working for three years. It's uh, Jana Winternitz, Michael Wormser, and myself. And, uh, you know, we've just been coming together, and we've kind of learned from the scrappy. You know, I came from YouTube and doing a YouTube channel and sketch comedy and things online, but our aim was always to elevate everything we were doing and like bring as much production value as possible to, to everything. And so as we started to do movies, um, we just built that team up. And so no matter what the project is, big, small, huge budget, small budget, like everybody kind of comes together for these things because they know even if this one is a smaller budget, then the next one will bring them on to the you know, big commercial or big movie. So it's, you know, we, we got like kind of our A team to come together and make this thing. Everyone, um, you know, I think from just reading the script, like I think wanted to be a part of it because it, it wasn't a product that we were making. It was like telling a, a story that, you know, we wanted to connect with people and, it, you know, it came from the heart. So I think I think sometimes when you when you have that passion and you have like so much love that you want to share with people, like it can be infectious. And so everybody just kind of is, like signs on and says, I'm in. So I think that that was a huge benefit. Um, but yeah, and Michael has a uh, a partner in crime who uh, Greg Cotton, mm-hmm. the DP, who has a fantastic eye, and on every break he's looking for something just to capture something, and 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 he seen he can read what Michael wants very quickly and adapt it and alter it a little bit, and they they just read each other really well. He he has a great eye. He's a really creative guy. And you guys have a great uh, relationship because you've done a bunch of movies together. Yeah. So that shorthand helps so much. This is our third feature doing together. So, so you worked on what Smiley with him? Was no, we did. Um, we did a movie called Internet Famous, and then we also did uh, The Thinning, and then Funny Story. So, and we've done some YouTube stuff as well. Greg's amazing. <laughs> so Greg is great. I do want to ask you while we're on the YouTube train, what's next for you? You know, we actually are working with YouTube Red on a thriller, so mm. we're in development on that right now. And um, yeah, it's just this movie is, has been such a labor of love. You know, it was like we willed it into existence. <laughs> uh, and so right now, I'm, we're just excited to you know screen it at Slam Dance, and then you know kind of take it on the, the festival tour and show it to people and, and get it out there. What else would the, th- the remaining three of you like to tell us about the film? What would you like people to take away from it? I would like to ask you. Yes. Because we, we know what we feel 
about it because we did it. But I want to know what you watched and what you thought. Like, how you what? Feel. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, what? It's it's more exciting to actually hear how it affected you. You know, like you say, you know, you know who is Kim, and it's like, well, who who do you think Kim? I mean, how did it affect you? You know, what is there things that like like the way that the narrative kind of messed with you a little bit? Did you find that? You know, what what did you guys think? So I I can say that. There was a point in the film where I thought, I know exactly where this is going. Uh, about the third, end of the third act, and then it just swerves completely. I think both of our jaws dropped when... Yeah, well, I think we both got extremely invested in the relationships of the characters very quickly. Yeah. And we were commenting throughout the whole thing. We were like, are they going to hook up? Oh my gosh, that would be crazy. And I was like, no, there's no way. They're not going to hook up. I will be mad. I will be so mad if they hook up. That is so unfair to Nick. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, how dare you? I know. <laughs> the whole time. I'm like the best person ever, though. So I mean, it's like, yeah. I would... We, we were floored when it took that swerve and basically the two of them kissed. And so that that was a jaw dropper. But I think it was a really, it was a film that left me, you know, emotionally raw is probably the term I would use. Uh, because while it is very funny, there's a lot of humor, you know, you wreck everybody. Everybody has, to some extent, somebody they went to college with who's moon. Basically, where did Moon come from? <laughs> yeah. I have to know. I think, just like you said, there's a lot of there's a lot of moons out there. A lot of people that you know, I call them space cadets. They're just like floating in space, and maybe they took too much acid. Maybe they've had an ayahuasca trip, and they are just connected to the universe in a way we aren't. But they know things. I'm convinced yeah. that there are people that know things. <laughs> and <laughs> Just not these things. <laughs> Just not the social things between all of us. Yeah. But yeah, Lily Holliman plays... Um, fantastic. Yeah, River is incredible. Lily Holliman is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Moon was a standout for me. But yeah, it, uh, it, it was a very funny film, but it left me emotionally raw. And I, I did like there's a lot of ambiguity. You know, I was, I was wondering, because even there at the end, um, I don't want to spoil everything about the film, obviously, but... I'm still not certain whether the final shot is exactly how it was perceived. Is that that's deliberately ambiguous, I assume, or is that meant to be a pretty? Yeah, I think we. It's always hard to talk around something. But when the spaceship shows up, is that what we're talking about? When the aliens land. Sorry, did I just? Yeah, the call of Fagin's breath is real. Actually, it's not a. After the Great Robo War, uh, (laughs) (laughs) we see that Nick has three arms. (laughs) Oh wow! It really helps her in her Olympic swim, which is the next movie. (laughs) Yes. No. Um. You know, I think. I think the kind of movies I come back to again and again are the ones that don't necessarily give you all of the answers. They yeah. leave it up to the viewer to fill in some of the blanks and to, to to bring their own experiences to it. I think that was something we all kind of deliberately wanted to do and, and leave that room for the audience to participate um, because those are the movies that I go back to again and again and again. And uh, yeah, so it was it was fun to. I think it wraps up. I think the movie wraps up. It's not a cliffhanger ending or anything. That's also why I like. That's also why I like whether it was only Michael or the two of you or or whoever. the The title of the movie is a great title of a movie because Mm. it doesn't mean that it's funny, funny necessarily. Yeah. Hey, funny story, and then they tell you a cringing story about something that happened with all these something horrible. It's a great title (laughs) for for funny ha ha because you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Do both of you? Uh, feel like your characters have grown by the end of this film? Do you, do you feel optimistic 
for where your characters are going to go once this film has ended. I think the final opening of the letter for Kim was sort of her saying, like, I'm willing to take the next step, which I don't think she was throughout this entire film or like this, the moments we've seen her in her life previously, because she's clearly been making these types of mistakes for a while. And then when we pick up with her, she makes a bunch that we get to actually see. And I hope that I can hope um, because I don't know where she is now. And I, I, I hope that the opening of the letter was the acceptance to something greater. Um, with that said, I believe she's been given the chance before and has still ended up here. That's bleak. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I think you're going to be okay. I mean, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm here with you. I believe in Kim. I'm a, Kimberly, yes. And obviously, yeah. you're, you're getting adored at CreatureCon. But, well, I, I, you know, I think of it like... Um, because we talked about the end of the movie and, and sort of the, the tone of it, right? And and I thought I like the same slightly ambiguity, but at least there's a, a feeling of a reprieve, uh, just by virtue of the fact that what unfolds, you know, that there's like a we don't know, but it is what it is now. So you know, I think there's the word hope pops up again. So there's hope mm. of a reprieve. Well, we're getting close to the end of our time here. I do want to ask, I've already asked Michael, of course, but I want to ask the rest of you, uh, tell us what you're all working on next. We can start with... Um, yeah, I'm on, a, I'm on a show called Arrow. We shoot till April. Um, I believe we're doing another season. It's been announced <laughs> yet, but I believe we will be. If not, uh, open fire. Um, and I have a couple things in the works for um, May and June that haven't been released yet, so you'll hear about those soon. Oh, that sounds fantastic. I'm sure you're joining the new Quentin Tarantino Star Trek, am I right? Uh, I, I'm not. The, um, you should be. Uh, the, uh, I'm going to be in... Uh, um, I go to work in a couple of weeks on uh, Damien Chazelle has a movie called uh, First Man mm. about Buzz Aldrin, so I'll, I'll be going to work on that. And, um, and I also uh, will be finishing up on a show, Angie Tribeca, that I've been on, and also uh, maybe continuing with Better Things. I think they were... Uh, Better Things is a really great... Have seen that. Pam, Pam Adlon. Oh, so it's an funny. anti-comedy. It's, it's <laughs> like it is a crushing and brutal comedy. Kind of like funny story. It is. Yeah. It really is. Right, right. It really is. I think it's you have a, very, a type. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. And finally, awesome. And I'm actually collaborating with Michael Gallagher on this thriller uh, for YouTube Red, um, and we're also back in the development mode. So we have a couple um, shows. We have a couple new features. So we're in. Yeah. Creation mode. <laughs> yes. It's sleep slash creation mode right now. <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of sleep happening at Slam. No. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's be funny. honest. Let's be real. Of let's course. All right. This has been brought to you by a collaboration between the Next Best Picture podcast and Slam Dance, as well as Pierce Law Group. So, really quickly, any final thoughts from all of us? I just want to say that I'm, I was so blessed to have such amazing actors to work with on this movie. I mean, Emily is like absolutely incredible. I think you showed a new side of yourself in this movie. I'm so excited for people to see it. Your left side. <laughs> yeah, it's good, right? Yeah. Yeah, the left she side. She always, always works from right, the right. right. Oh, yeah. I only shoots right. Contract only. <laughs> I'm, I'm so grateful to be given the chance. You yeah. really it. took, yeah, you took a leap. And, and same with you. Matt and Janet. Like, they're people I've, I've worked with before. And, um, you know, in this role, we asked a lot to go deeper and really, you know, go to an emotional place. And they both just absolutely nailed it. And, you know, we're such a joy to work with every day. So it's wonderful. And Michael and Jana are a power team. Yeah. Um, they're only going to do bigger, 
great, great things because they're they're really solid. They know what they want, then they're and they're open to where it could go as well. And they're just a great. It's an honor to be part of their story. So. Matt. Matt. <laughs> you can't see it, but there's tears from every. Yeah, I'm part of the family now. So yeah. you know how we work. We work the same people over and over. So. Yeah, we love you guys. So. Well, guys, thank you so much for your time. You can find me on Twitter at Mavericks Movies, and you can look, find the podcast at nextbestpicture.com as well as at Next Best Picture on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you so much. Please go see Funny Story. It's here at Slam, da- Slam Dance uh, starting on... Today. Today. Sunday. <laughs> Sunday the 21st. Yes. And then you'll be showing again... Wednesday uh, the 24th at 10.30 a.m. Wednesday the 24th at the Treasure Mountain Inn. At the Treasure Mountain Inn. So keep an eye out for Michael Gallagher and his wonderful team, and keep an eye out for Funny Story. Thank you so much, and thanks for listening. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.